Shadowcast. Joining me today, a dude who went to three dead shows in a row just a few weeks ago, the final three shows in San Francisco. I've given him two weeks to put his head back together so he could be with me here today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. John Huck. Hey, all right. <laughs> Dude, I'm so fucking excited to talk to you today about Dead & Company uh, and your journey through the 2023 Dead & Company tours. Uh, but before I do that, let me ask, what the fuck is going on in your life right now? Uh, not too much, man. This um, actors and writers strike is making things very hard, you know, but I don't think I'm in uh, any different boats than anyone else. Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to make it work, dude. I uh, I struck with some friends of mine the other day at mm -hmm. Paramount Studios. I saw that. If I wasn't busy, I would have come over there. I live right near Paramount. And that's wow. where I that's where I go walk if I do the picket line. Well, I I am aware of that, and I was assume I'm just assuming that your neighborhood is a fucking parking nightmare, as thousands of SAG actors come into the hood every day to picket at Paramount. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I have a parking space. It hasn't really like affected me in any way, and I do see him walking every every once in a while when I'm running errands and doing my thing. So, I, I'm all for it, man. I mean, you know, I, I feel like there's sh parking enforcement should back off. I feel like let these guys just go and do what they need to do. It's kind of a party out there. I got to tell people outside the city of Los Angeles, like, yeah, it's fucking hectic, but uh, everyone is making the best of it. You know, I struck in, uh, what, 15 years ago when we the Writers Guild went on strike way back when, before all the streaming services launched. And uh, it was just us writers. But with the SAG people, my God, there's thousands and thousands of people out on the lines now. Yeah, I went I went when the WGA started their thing and I, I walked the picket line and then uh, I'm just looking at social media as I like try to make ends meet. I'm like, oh, it must be nice to have been working so much before the strike that you can now afford to spend five, six hours a day just hanging out with your buddies in the sun. Famous people dropping off waters and lemonade and pizzas and donuts. And it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that uh, it does look like a party. <laughs> there were some uh, pretty fantastic breakfast burritos. I don't know if they were courtesy of Scott Bakula. He was roaming around. Ooh, I like that. Do you see? But that, and that's when I like that. When I, when I hear about like, like a, a Scott Bakula, like I ha haven't heard that name in a little while. And the fact that he's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this. And he's like, he's out there like trying to help. I like, I love it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, hey, look, if you're a tourist in the city of Los Angeles and you want to see celebrities, go to the picket lines. I would specifically say go to Radford Studios in Studio City. Uh, that's where you will find a lot of, uh, of folks because it's close to their fancy homes yeah. in, the, in the hills of Los Angeles. That's the other thing. We're all doing this to, like where it's convenient. Like, yes, there are people parking, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that live in this neighborhood that can just walk over to Paramount and be like, hey, all right. Uh, I know that to be the case from my writer friends because you live in an area, especially south of you, in the the very Tony Larchmont area and mm -hmm. Larchmont adjacent. Uh, lots and lots and lots of writers. All right, dude. Fuck that. Who the fuck cares? Fuck you, Netflix. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Amazon. Fuck you, AMPTP, you motherfuckers. Uh, let's talk about some fun shit today. It is the topic on the table is the twenty. 
23. Dead and Company final tour? Yes or no? Talk to me. What I saw John Mayer say after the fact, first of all, like the day after Bob Weir announces the Wolf Brothers tour, which just made me laugh because we all knew that was coming, that he was going to do that, but it was like, this guy can't sit still. So he's like, I got to get on. I better get on another tour immediately. And meanwhile, I'm like, man, my legs hurt from three days in a row of standing, you know. Um, but I heard May or I heard I read that they are still a band. They are not breaking up or anything. They're not disbanding, but they just don't know when their next show is going to be. And it probably won't be a tour. It'll probably be a benefit. Uh, like a Bonnaroo or a or, or some sort of a festival where they can go in and play uh, two sets, you know, and headline a night and then be out. Like, I just think, you know, Mayer didn't sign up to be a Grateful Dead guitarist for the rest of his career. And I am so and I, I'm sure I'm not I'm, I'm definitely not the only one, but I am so thankful that he took these this many years to to do just that because, he, and he had his solo stuff. He, he he was still, he was busy all the time, you know, much younger than Bob Weir, but still on the road all the time. And I feel like it, it was, it was special. Those, the, the last seven, eight years were special. And this last tour, I mean, I don't know if you just, just looking at the set lists, they're busting out songs they haven't played before. They're playing songs in different orders. They're opening and closing with things they've never done before. They're, they are, and they were tighter than they've ever been. And they all seem to be having more fun than they've ever had. And they were all working. It, it, basically, they became dead and company that we all wish. Like, I wish 2023 was the first tour because they took so much shit at the beginning. So many people disliked Mayor. So many people called them dead and slow. So many people were like, this is boring. This is stupid. Everybody's old. I hate it. Dude, this these last three shows in San Francisco, the two shows in LA, I thought, I thought I had seen the best Dead and Company show the first night of Halloween last year. Then the opening night of this tour, I'm like, that was the best Dead and Company show I ever saw. And then the opening night of San Francisco, I was like, no, 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 that is the best Dead and Company show I've ever seen. And I still, I, I'm, I'm sticking with that first night in San Francisco being the best that I've seen them do. And, and that and again, that's. A completely opinion and it has nothing to do with any kind of stats or anything like that other than the fact that just the energy and i have found like originally i was super stoked when they started playing baseball stadiums you know i was like oh yeah see a show at wrigley see a show at Fenway. this is great this is fun but the shows at wrigley if you're not on the floor it's not that good it, the sound isn't good it's not designed for music it's designed for a team like we've talked about to lose a bunch of games and still sell out. So it's like, it's not for that, but if you're on the floor and you're close, you can feel the energy and it's a lot more fun. If you go back in the seats at Wrigley, it sucks. It sucks. It really does. Oracle's not like that. Oracle, the energy that first night I was in the nosebleeds and you could see out across the bay. You could see there was a, a jet piece of land that comes out outside the stadium that if you wanted to stand on, you could hear the concert perfectly. Like the, it was, I mean, the nitrous balloons were huge. It was all like good nitrous. It was a, it was like a per, like perfect spot to end the tour if that's where they had to do it. It was perfect. It was okay, perfect. so you're you are saying 
they finally felt the the full love of everybody on this last tour. Those last three shows, in my opinion, were better than the Fare Thee Well shows mm-hmm. in terms of energy, in terms of what it felt like. Like, I know this is, you, you shouldn't do this, but it's like, there's a hard comparison. If you saw The Grateful Dead, there's very, it's very hard to not compare what you're seeing now to that original even if you saw like i saw the late nine the mid mid to or early to mid 90s which if someone who's seeing them since the 70s is like those years sucked it's like yeah fine but when you go back and listen they didn't suck that's the thing like you can go back and listen to all these dead and company shows you thought were bad they didn't suck they were good they were all good like every grateful dead show is good like they might not have played the songs you wanted they might not have played the songs your friends wanted to hear you know but like for the most part, they're all good and they're all doing something. And whether they're trying something new or trying something different, it's it's all good. I, I was spoiled and I was a baby about it back in the 90s. Like I would get mad when they would play like Liberty again or another I Fought the Law Encore. Like, and now I'm just like, I, I, I went into these shows with this last tour, especially with zero expectation in terms of songs and, and lists, but I would call them out. I would see what I, you know, I, I want to hear this. I want to hear this. But like, I wouldn't get mad if they didn't play it. It doesn't matter. I, I'll take what I can get because the fact that they're still doing this is bonus time. This is all bonus time. Since 95, this has been bonus time. The fact that Bob Weir didn't just go buy an island and stick his toes in the sand in 1996 is nothing short of a miracle. And it speaks to his dedication to keeping this music alive. And the music, it turns out, is the thing. It is the thing. It's not one guy. One guy we all kind of loved and, you know, made a little bit of an icon and probably against his, you know, he didn't like any of that. But like there was definitely fan worship going on with Jerry Garcia. Like people worship that dude and everyone thought that was it. That dude was part of a hand. He was a finger on a hand. And that hand was moving like a fist in the same direction, the fingers, they could all do whatever they wanted, but like they're still all connected. So even when he's gone, he's still part of that. And now that John Mayer, O'Teal, Jeff Cimenti, I mean, those guys have done nothing but add to it. Like they reworked all those songs. They're not playing Grateful Dead covers. They reworked these songs to make them Dead and Company songs, if that makes any sense. It's like- Well, I'll, I'll give you my mea culpa. I was late to the game. I was because I was spoiled because I got to see the dead in the eighties and nineties heyday for me. I was in college. Sam Boyd. I said many times uh, in college in the mid eighties, perfect time to see the grateful dead all over. Dude, They were on fire. Yeah. They were on fire and it was a blast. And I got to see them in many different cities, Madison square garden, Philadelphia spectrum, (laughs) uh, shoreline. They would come to LA. They would play the sports arena. Uh, before they bulldoze that place down, you know, of course, Sam Boyd Silver Bowl in Las Vegas. Amazing. So many shows. Um, so when Jerry passed away, I thought there was just no way they could put this all back together. You and almost didn't went, want them to, right? No, You're almost like, okay, well, let's be done. And that was a good thing we all had. How do you replace Jerry? So then when they when the John Mayer thing happened, I only knew John Mayer as a pop star and a guy who dated Taylor Swift. And I'm like, wait, he's boning his way through Hollywood with his guitar. A hundred percent. God bless him. Yeah. But it wasn't until you know, my, it wasn't until later. And then the, the show at the Hollywood bowl last, uh, in 2021 
where I was like, oh, shit. This guy is incredible, and he's doing something that is so unique, which is playing full uh, homage to Jerry, honoring the legacy, you know, using a tone that is similar to Jerry's tone, but making it his own and fucking destroying. Like the some of the solos that I've heard him do live are insane. So Dude, I, yeah. I probably so you have been with it for longer than me. You probably watched the hippies go from like, who's this handsome guy on stage to, God damn it, he can shred, and I hope he plays X tonight. Yeah, I mean, it do it it, it really, it, he he just he, and I know that first couple of tours, I'm sure he was like still nervous and trying because like we all think like, oh, he's a guitar player, but like that one, the music is complicated. It's not easy music to cover. Like what Bob Weir does on the guitar, isn't it normal? You don't just fucking write that out and then go, yeah, you do this and I'll do that. It's like, it's a very learned, uh, you know, you have to have like intuition. You have to be able to communicate with these people without talking. And, and that took a little bit. And I think he knew the chords and he knew the music, but then as they started, kept playing together. And again, you throw in O'Teal and Jeff who are, huge parts of it like jeff Chimente, like i wanted to call the tour should have been called like jeff and friends like when he is on fire that band is the best around the best they are like he is that deal from the hollywood bowl man it, it, it makes my hair stand up i still go back and listen to it i re-listened to this uh first show of the the Last three nights in San Francisco, there's a chunk of music in there that's not connected to anything. That's Jeff and John and OT and everyone's going crazy. And they're all, it's a jam. And they called it, I, I saw it listed as a uh, big river, dark star or dark star on the big river or something like that. But it wasn't, it was like a made up, made up words for a made up chunk of music that you never heard them do anything like that before. that the dead just took just a random like it wasn't it wasn't a, coming out of a song into another song it was just a separate thing that they just started doing and it grew and it was good and it was like five minutes and i remember in my head going this isn't connected to anything this isn't part of the last song this isn't the beginning of the next song this is its own fucking thing and i've never heard this before and that, I, when I kept saying it all night, people were like, what are you talking about? And then I went back and I, I got, because you can, if you buy the ticket for the show, you can go to Nugs and get the concert. So I went back and listened to it. It was like, yeah, this right here, this big river dark star thing. And people were like, oh. And it, it was just, I mean, they're a band. They're like, they, they can improvise. They can, they're exactly what you wanted at, of the peak Grateful Dead. It, it, it's, it's. I have a friend who came with us to the last three shows and he, those were his, he had seen the Grateful Dead. He didn't like the mayor idea. So he said no to all of it. 
he would tell me, oh, I don't do the, I love the big show off tough guy who doesn't want to, and then they, and he went to that first night and he was like, what have I been doing? I go, dude, you've been fucking off all summer, raising your dumb kids and hanging out with your stupid family. All right, dude, give me a break, man. This has been hot from day one, dude. You should have been on these tours at these shows. Like I would be so mad. If I was like, well, John Mayer, I don't listen to this, Taylor Swift. And then I went to these last three shows, my fucking head would have exploded, dude. These shows were so good, dude. Okay, so wait, good. I have to tell you, I have to tell you, before I want to hear about like your full time in San Francisco and what adventures you had during the day, because you're up in San Francisco for the weekend. You're going to fucking hate What if it. I drove home every night after the show back to LA? <laughs> <laughs> fucking set 12 hours oh in a car god. each day, but it's oh, worth it. Oh my god. Um you, you you didn't even stay in Kettleman. Like you could have probably gotten a, sh- a cheap room out there in the middle of nowhere. I got a room in the Tenderloin. I hung out <laughs> there 50 bucks a night. Um I about 5 days before the final show, one of my favorite people from college texted me and said, "Join us." And my friend Mandy Brebrock, shout out to Mandy. I know she's listening. Uh, texted me and basically said, Susan Bully, another one of the, my favorite people from college, bought like a ton of tickets. We've got extras. Get up here for the final show. And I had already loved the forum shows. And I. You went had, to both, right? No, we just went to that second one. We just oh, went okay. to that second one. Okay. Because um, that, but because I've had such a heavy concert schedule. Yeah, in, dude, you like, see there's everything. There's a concert. I do, but yeah. there's still a budget, you know, so I can't go oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But this was a free ticket uh, to get up to San Francisco. And the the long story short is I have a dog with an injured paw who was then in a cone. Oh, I had no. just gone to the vet. I had a whole treatment, and I could not put him in Wagville and Atwater Village so that I could go away. And I missed it. And my friends had the fucking greatest time and took amazing photos. And it was like, talk about, there's fear of missing out. And then there's anger because you missed out. So I have so much anger that I missed going to the dead. I would have seen you. There were some other people I knew there, but like this group of all-stars from college who went together, um, I'm still reeling. So that's my story. You can... Like I, you can get the shows. Do you know what I mean? There yeah. is still see a way a way to see them. So, yeah, but that, it's 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 the seeing the show and listening to the music. That's one thing, but yeah. being, being there is being fucking in, huge. Right. Yeah, and so to give me give me your non-show experience in San Francisco. I mean, I went. Uh, me and my buddy Tim, who you saw me with at Hollywood Bowl. I think uh, the only time I saw Dead and Company without Tim was when I went to the Jimmy Kimmel show that they played and he was living in Montana. But other than that, like we have like planned our summers and our falls. Like he comes to LA, I'll go out into the, to the Midwest. We'll see shows in Illinois. We'll see, like we have seen shows together. So we, you know, and when the tickets go on sale, it's me and him on the phone. Okay. Did you have this? Do you have this? Okay. Get two of these, get two of these. And, um, we, he, sort of surprised me. I got all my tickets for the last three shows and they were all nosebleeds. And then he surprised me with floor seats for the last night. So that was super cool. We got to be on the floor for the last night, which was great. But um, we, and then his brother paid, him and his brother paid for an Airbnb. So like, cause staying in San Francisco, uh, wow, is it pricey? 
I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. And this place was like, everyone was like, oh, what a great deal. It's only $250 a night. I'm like, I guess that's a good deal. Like what? Like, And so we had a place to stay. And then I had given a friend a free ticket, uh, an extra ticket for the first night, a guy who I knew would really enjoy the show. And then my buddy, Tim, gave another college friend a free ticket the second night to a guy who I knew would not enjoy the show, which was neither here nor there. But so I ended up selling one of my tickets and taking that floor seat. But my the experience was great because we walked to the we we went to Hate Ashbury, we went to the house. You know, um, his, Tim's girlfriend had never really uh, hung out in San Francisco, so we kind of walked around and uh, met up with some friends. And then you know we got down to the show kind of early. We didn't want to. We didn't know what the lines were going to be the first night. We didn't want to be stuck outside. We want to be in there. I don't want to miss a song. Uh, and I had to do. This is something, this is like a new part of who I am now. A friend of mine saw a show in Cincinnati and she forgot to get the sweatshirt she liked and couldn't find it online. So she asked, and I feel like she asked this thinking if I was still college, John, I would have been like, you're out of your fucking mind. If I could buy the sweatshirt and then mail it to her and she would Venmo me all the money and everything, I said, yeah. So I got there early on Friday, got the sweatshirt, took it back to my car and then went into the show. So it was like, and then I mailed it to her and she got the sweatshirt, which again is something like, if you would have asked me to do five years ago, I would have laughed hysterically at you. Uh, was it the olive green? Green, yes. The one everyone was wearing. It was a, I wore it. I wore it when I got it. I put it on and I was like, this is a pretty nice fucking hoodie. Like it was I, a good. That was my gift to Julia Wallace when we went and saw them at the forum. Oh, dude, that's a great sweatshirt. It's yes. super comfortable. She likes it, right? Uh, she loves it, and I wish that I would have purchased one for myself because it is a fucking amazing one, and I can't believe they don't sell it online. Yeah, that's well, but that was what makes it kind of cool. I thought, you know, it's like yeah. eh, you were there, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you know we got there early, and me and my buddy, we like go find the big fucking tanks, dude. Who's the guy that everyone knows that everyone loves? Get the giant fucking balloons, take a couple of those to the dome, and then uh, you know walk around with some beers and. Uh, then go into the show, man. I mean, night one, I wanted to take it not easy, but like I wasn't going to – like I took shrooms the second night. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to take them the first night, and I didn't want to take them the last night. So like day – again, night one was was my favorite. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Like I knew as soon as they opened with Not Fade Away that they would close the third night with Not Fade Away. I knew that's what they were doing. That was like a very obvious thing, and I – Loved it. I, I, I loved it. I think I, we got a Wharf Rat, a new Speedway. I mean, there was shit in there, cold rain and snow. He's gone. Scarlet Fire, Standing on the Moon, Casey Jones. And then Knocking on Heaven's Door. Check this out. Mama put my in the days before Sam Cutler passed away. Sam Cutler was the Grateful Dead. He was the Rolling Stones tour manager when Altamont happened. 
Shortly after that, he became the Grateful Dead's tour manager. He's the reason the Grateful Dead went to Europe in 72. That was his doing. I was I reached out to him online a couple years back and was like, hey, I'm, he was in that Long Strange Trip documentary. I was like, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I appreciate what you do. Could I talk to you for my podcast? So he said, yeah. So we had like a 45 minute conversation. Oh. Which went super dark immediately about drugs and people dying. So I never posted it. And then he confided in me 45 minutes in that he had to go because he was tired because he had cancer for like the ninth time. And that if we could finish it up a different time, we never finished it up and he ended up passing away. But point is they played knocking on heaven's door, which normally I would be, uh, it's neither here nor there for me, but the immemorial base, it was basically like the Oscars. They put the fucking screen up and it was like everybody who'd been involved in the band that was now gone. And it was, and Sam Cutler was like the first picture they showed. Wow. It was, it was very, it was a very moving show. Wow. You know what I mean? From start to finish. I mean, the standing on the moon, um, you know, he's gone, Warfrat. These are all, they're all, those are all songs to me that are, they are emotional. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, it was hard not to think about it being like, fuck, this is the last night of a three night run you know what i mean this is the last time where because the three nights like after those hollywood bowl shows that the the day after the third show we were like laying around my apartment and i said to tim i'm like dude like part of my brain really wishes there was a show tonight but there's a part of my brain that's like your body needs to fucking rest dude you can't just keep going to shows you're not 18 you know so i was just like i'm glad we get to some time off like but but now it's like too much time off now when's the next one Come on, like I'm rested. Let's go. Like I, I, I. What did you guys eat when you were in San Francisco, <laughs> dude? I was. I'm so broke. Like I, I went up there. I drove up there. I picked those guys up at the airport. They flew in from Montana. I brought oatmeal. I brought bread, tortillas, lettuce, broccoli. I cooked Brussels sprouts, like car- like carrots out of a bag. You like, made o- oatmeal quesadillas. Basically, yeah, and then. And then all my money went to like giant beers at the stadium or like nitrous balloons. Um, how much were the beers at Oracle Park? I, I tried not to look because you know, everything was cashless, but it was like I got two and the next day my credit card was like, it said $48. So I don't know if that was if I left a tip or if I, how generous I was being. <laughs> well, th- well, speaking of, uh, of that, of, of spending money and being generous and beers, was there, where was the shakedown street set up outside of the park? What, how did they navigate that for people not listening? This is the, the, of course, the area that is always in a Grateful Dead parking lot where all the deadheads are selling wares. They're selling fancy stuff. They all take Venmo now. You can get a bagel. You can get a fancy Grateful Dead garden sculpture, fucking steal your face kind of thing um, and everything in between. So where was the shakedown street? Uh, first of all, I don't like Shakedown Street. Oh, it is too crowded. <laughs> like the one at the Forum, I got there was a guy with a nitrous tank in the middle of that, and I mm-hmm. had to go in there, and I was like stuck, and I literally thought I was gonna die there. I'm like, I'm just gonna live here now. Like I'm never getting out. I hope someone comes by with a sandwich. Um, the one in San Francisco was the entrance was so tight, dude. Like my buddy was like. Again, this kid hadn't been to a show since the 90s. He was like, oh, shakedown. I'm like, 
Shakedown isn't some loosey-goosey giant area at Soldier Field anymore, dude. It, you're crammed into an alley, and it's like, okay, hi, COVID, hi, COVID, hi, COVID, hi, COVID. Right. You know, right. you're just like, everyone's right, breathing. Right, right. On, it's just too much. And uh, and he was like, oh, I'm going in. And he went, it was like Laurel and Hardy, dude. He's like nine feet tall, and my buddy is like two feet tall. And they went in together. And, it, dude, <laughs> 25 minutes later, they come out like, like they were it was like jim carrey coming out of the rhino's ass in ace ventura too they were like sweating like i'm never going back in there i thought i didn't think we're gonna get out but if you kept going i was told that there was a wide open area but it was like have you ever been to oracle park i've been outside of it okay so next to the park is like the marina and if there's like a like i don't know what you call it like a piece of land jets out and shakedown was on that piece of land and when it emptied out and the show started, you could stand over there and hear crystal clearly. We heard, I wish I could remember the songs I heard, but I heard him do a little bit of sound check. They were doing some different songs, um, but you could hear pretty good, which was cool, you know, because if you didn't have a ticket and you were there, that's where you'd go, you know. I love going to Shakedown because I love Deadhead t-shirts. I had some amazing ones back in the day that I found at Rosemont Horizon parking lot. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, Calvin and Hobbes taking mushrooms. Uh, I had a Ren and Stimpy one that was Jerry and Bob and Jerry as Ren and Stimpy, which That's was amazing. Awesome. So many shows lost to the sands of time. Strolling. So I like strolling through and checking out the t-shirts. But the forum, as you said, the forum Shakedown Street was so fucking insane. I assume that we got COVID. Yeah. Uh, miraculously, we did not. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah. It's um, it's too much for me. Like I, I and and the, another thing that my friend pointed out is like, you know, I don't go around big crowds except for dead shows and baseball games. Right. That's it. Yeah. I don't really go to a lot of other concerts anymore. Like that are that are like crowded, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it's still weird. I felt the same way. I mean, I have been going to a lot of shows. And it, it and I got COVID at the Foo Fighters for sure at the Forum. Went to see the Foo Fighters when they played in the fall. What was that? Fall twenty twenty one. Three days later, had COVID. I mean, there's no question because yeah. I was on the floor, uh, and none of the kids on the floor had masks on. So, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, any other highlights from San Francisco? Non dead highlights? Any, um, any strange sightings? Any? Uh, I ha- I had a weird experience on night two. I was with a, my friend who had the free ticket from my buddy who was not a, a big fan. It's not like a, I don't know why he was wanted to go in there, but I also took a bunch of mushrooms. And that afternoon I had seen on hate Ashbury, I had seen these cartoons, these R. Crumb cartoons, mm-hmm. drawings uh, of like, the San Francisco area and one of them had Jerry Garcia in it and I was looking at the artwork da 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 so then I take these mushrooms and I go to the show and we're we me and my friend sneak down I'm like let's just see what we can do we sneak down to right behind home plate so now we're right behind home plate but the distance between home plate and the stage is like the Grand Canyon and everybody the show starts and I'm like yeah all right great we got a lot of room to dance we got all this space and then I just like bad vibes Mm. everyone around me it was like being in an instagram ad for coachella i'm looking around and nobody there cares about anything that's happening on the stage people are taking pictures and there's it's there's too much going on Mm -hmm. and i was not liking it 
Uh-huh. And I look next to me and this guy's got his arms crossed and he's, well, and I'm like, dude, this is not, I need people to be enjoying this with me. That's why I come to this. So we went, we had to sneak out of this area because we were like trapped in there. Had to sneak out of this fucking area to go back to the nosebleeds. And then I could stand in an aisle. And then as soon as I, what was the song? Because as soon as I got up to, it was Turn On Your Love Light. I got up there for the last song of the second set and they played Turn On Your Love Light. And I was like, here we go. Now we're good. And then they opened this up with Deal and that was fucking awesome. And then everything was, everything was great. But that, that first like, chunk of time in there oh and then this is what happened i would look i would look towards the stage i would look at the stage and like john mayer would get really small and then his guitar would be really big and his hand would have like almost an earlobe on the bottom of it and i was like and i start laughing because i'm like i know it's the shrooms i'm not freaking out i'm not it's like it's a hallucinating it's very funny to me i'm like oh that's weird and i kept looking at people and the musicians would go back they go way far away but their hands would stay big and then i realized it was all our crumb like people had big feet walking you know what i mean it was like i'm seeing the comics that i looked at today happen in real time like it was it was make, it made me laugh. That was the best part about being that close or that that close on the floor. But then once we got back up to the seats, it was all back to regular. Thank God, this is how the show is. And I, I floated through that morning dew at the end. Like I was just like, eh. I wonder if uh, our crumb syndrome is a common shroom experience in San Francisco. I just thought it was funny because it was really just, I was, I remember looking at going, oh yeah, yeah, I know Art Crumb. I've seen a couple of documentaries. Judah Friedlander played him in, in, you know, in a movie and like, or no, uh, his buddy, like Paul. Shimatsu Watsons. Yeah, yep. that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I was like, yeah, okay. And then it really, I was like, oh, and there's Jerry Garcia. Oh yeah, hate Ashbury, San Francisco. And then I didn't even think about it again. I think I said, hey, look, Art Crumb. I'm like going, oh yeah. And then, but it was like somehow got into my brain because it took me a second. I was like, why are they getting like, I get what I'm seeing. It's weird. It's making me laugh because it's funny looking. Because literally, he'd be playing like he'd go like, but his hands would stay. It was just so bizarre. I, I, What's the food situation in Oracle Park? I don't know. But this girl <laughs> that my friend was with was like, it's not good. Like we we had to focus on her eating before the show. I was like, I'm so confused. When we went to the forum, she was like, um, there's nothing to eat here. And I go, eat, eat. Yeah. We're at the show. Yes. I'm not going to eat. Like, I forget that I'm with regular human beings. We're like, well, it's dinner time. And I'm like, dinner time happened at three in the afternoon. We ate those mushroom sandwiches in the parking lot. That was dinner. Now <laughs> we're going to suck down these beers and we're going to watch some awesome music. And then we're going to go home. Like, I, and maybe have pizza or chips or some junk food later. But like, dinner time doesn't exist in the realm of like a concert that starts at fucking six or whatever. You know, I just, I don't know. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and waiting in line for food just seems like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We could be sitting there watching the show. Like, this is. Yeah. And I'm not going to pay uh, 18 bucks for a shitty hamburger. Here's a dried chicken slab and some old bread. Give me twenty two fifty. <laughs> All right. Uh, before I let you go, we're going to wrap things up here a little bit. I want you to explain. I want you to explain the drones to people listening to the podcast. Well, first of all, I believe that these will weed out fireworks eventually. We uh, don't need to be scaring the shit out of dogs. (laughs) We don't need people with PTSD to shit their pants every 4th of July. And in LA, it's like the 
uh, 30th of June through the uh, 30th the, the of 10th July. Of, oh, it's, yeah. it's insane. I know. It keeps going. It keeps going. And now, I honestly don't have any problem personally with fireworks. I like booms and I don't care. But I have seen it affect people very negatively. And it's like, why are we doing this? Like maybe back in the day, it represented cannon fire and whatever. Oh, as we, a dog owner, Django doesn't want to go out at night anymore. No, he still doesn't. No. Uh, still, I mean, it's We're in August now. He yeah. fucking hates it. Yeah, as a dog owner, I fucking hate it. Now, like, right. sucks. But so, but the drones. drones so, like, because I, I don't know if you remember the Fairly Well, they had fireworks at the end. Boom, boom! This fucking huge display. You know, Chicago's good, good like that. White Sox do fireworks. Everyone does fireworks. Um, but the drones were able to the way they did the drones. They can hold instead of just it being a, a and then fading away. And they could do. Steal your face. They could do a fucking skeleton tipping a hat. They could do the words, be kind and make it readable. You know, it was, I thought it was awesome. I know they did drones a couple weeks before. I don't know if it was Washington or Boulder. Boulder. It was Boulder. Boulder. So that was the first time they did it and people were freaking out. But I remember like my buddy didn't see any of them. He goes, hey, where are these pictures of these drones? I go, where were you at the end of the show? He goes, we were like at the exit. I go, we, I was still in on the floor. I, I didn't leave the floor until they turned the lights on and told me I had to go home, you know? So, um, we, it was all, it was like probably 10, 15 minutes of like drone. I mean, the top hat, the skeleton like moved. He was like, he didn't just like go, he just, he moved. So to me, I, w- I remember thinking that too, like, oh, what the fuck do we need fireworks for? If we can do this, make any shape we want, you you hire a company instead of two guys with like missing fingers and a, a tooth between them to come in and fucking, you know, hopefully not blow all the fireworks off at once. You hire a team of guys who work drones and do designs and you make it specific to your little town or whatever. It, it's going to be, I, I feel like that's the way of it. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be drone accidents. People are going to get hit in the head with drones. Look how many people died in drone-related fireworks. It's going to be, we're going to hear about that too. People cut fingertips off with the fucking blades. But that's what happens on the 4th of July. People get drunk and it's the alcohol. It's not the fireworks. It's not the drones. It's the fucking alcohol. So no one's going to cut that out. Well, the videos that are, you can see on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram are fucking ridiculous with the drones. <laughs> I was... I knew the drones were going to happen on the final night, which contributed to my anger about not being there. The skeleton, as you said, tipping the Uncle Sam hat was fucking ridiculous. I don't I'm even sure know. if you were shrooming or tripping your brains out, that would have been just epic. I mean, uh, yeah, I was. Again, I took it pretty easy the third night because I really wanted to kind of be there for it, you know. But yeah. um, I also feel like I don't know why I took pictures of that and then posted Because, like, like you said, you went online and saw a video, probably a really good, well-done video of the drones. Yeah, there's so many. Meanwhile, I'm like, here's a blurred photo taken from my cracked iPhone that I'll never look at again. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I did take very few. Like, I don't even have any real pictures of me and my buddy together. Mm. I mean, I do. It's like we're in front of hate. But like at the show, very few. You know, I was really, I was, I was in, like, I, f- I felt like the second and third night I kind of floated through just like, God damn! I I wished I could have been a little bit more grounded. Maybe understood. Do you have uh, Do you have a, f- a favorite song from either of the three shows? Like overall, what was there one moment where you're like, God damn it? Because like for me, like when they played Bertha um, at uh, the Forum, I just I mean that's one of my favorite Dead songs. I've oh oh, you know what you know what I thought was cool about that? I so I we were all talking about the third night, what they were going to play, how they're going to open the show, mm-hmm. and. I was standing in line for the bathroom 
And we had said all these crazy fucking songs. We had been in line all day talking about what. And then this guy behind me is like, you know, I've been I've been chasing a Bertha opener all tour. <laughs> and in my head, I go, well, that's kind of pedestrian, dude. Like Bertha. And then I was like, my very first Grateful Dead show in 92 was at Soldier Field. And they opened with Bertha. It was a Bertha Greatest Story opening. And I was like, well, that would be kind of cool for my first show to be a Bertha opener. And my last show with this kind of thing to be a Bertha opener. So I went back to my little group and I was like, hey, I'm calling a Bertha opener. And they were like, what? All right, fine, whatever. And they opened with Bertha. Damn. So that was like kind of cool. It kind of, you know, it was cool. Uh, that not that knocking on heaven's door affected me a little more than I thought it would. Uh, I'm always gonna love the deal. Um, good loving. Turn on your love light. Those are always dear Mr. Fantasy. I mean, there was you know, trucking broke down palace, not fade away encore for the third night. That was pretty great. <laughs> And the whole, like, it's really hard for me to pin down. Like, the first night, Standing on the Moon, I mean, there was so much good shit. Yeah. I really, that first night was so good. Oh, dude, I'm so jealous. I really am. Well, what, but what I, uh, I found a guy online who's got the whole tour video and everything. He's going to download it for me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, but, cool. I, I downloaded the, the the forum show that I went to uh, off nugs.net, which is a... And that's a guy, I re-listened to that show. Those shows are fucking great, too. That yeah. first night at the Forum was so good. Yeah. I remember you saying that, too, because we ran into you at the show. Okay, final thoughts, and then uh, I want you to promote whatever you have going on. Final thoughts as we move forward. Hopefully, we can get them deciding to do three nights here, three nights there. Not a tour. I think the, the even the economics of touring is tough for them as well. I know it is for everybody. Um but if they can do one-off shows or special event kind of shows, we all hope that that's what's going to happen in the future. I, I feel very fortunate that I get to live in California for yeah. many, many, many reasons. Yes. But one of those reasons is that if they do decide to do three nights here and three nights there, they're not going to leave out this state. They'll do three nights. If they want to do three nights in Madison Square Garden, they will. But they're going to complement that with three nights in San Francisco or three nights in LA. They're never going to just leave out one coast. Or at right. least they're not. They're, they won't leave out the West Coast. I'll say that. So with that, I do think we'll see more Dead and Company shows eventually. Also, Wolf Brothers. I saw Wolf Brothers Wolfpack show at the Hollywood Bowl, and man, it was good. Okay, it's it's a stripped down, bare bones version of things, but it's got Jeff, it's got Bob, and it's fucking good. Uh, I would like to see more Billy Kreitzman. I would like to see Billy before he uh, wraps it up. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Billy and the kids, I've, I've heard good things, you know, I'd like to see a show at Red Rocks. I'm, I'm not done. Like me and my buddy are like, so what do we do? Figure out how to be old men on fish tour now? Like what's the, what's what, what, where are we at? Cause I really still love this music and I want to be around when it's played live. Mm-hmm. I, I saw Phil at Terrapin. I love that. Like I will still go see this stuff when it happens, but I am really a big Bob fan now, which is a 180 degree turn from the mid nineties when I was like, get this dork off the stage. 
miracle that he's still with us, truly. Every day, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there were a couple years ago where he was in not good health and passing out on stage and like, oh, shit. But he, he sounds great. I mean, what a legend. You're a legend. What? Uh, just uh, promote the hell out of whatever you got going on. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think right now. I've got some shows coming up in September. If you live in Chicago, uh, I got Lincoln Lodge September 30th. Um, there'll be a link at johnhuck.me. Um, and I got a couple other shows in that area around that time. I don't have them all necessarily listed right now, but they will be up soon. So check out johnhuck.me for uh, tour dates and. Uh, uh, hopefully the strike ends and I can go back to auditioning for one role pervert lines on fucking how I met your father or whatever. <laughs> uh, dude, you're the fucking best. Um, when we go over to Paramount, we'll we'll hit you up and maybe we can. Yeah, yeah if I'm around, man. Together. Yeah, definitely. For sure, for sure. Or let me know the night before and I can arrange it to be there. Understood. Um, but thank you for dude. dealing this morning. Oh, man, thank you. I appreciate it. Always, always good to talk, man. And to the rest of you, thank you so much for liking, listening, subscribing. So many great guests coming down the pike, but come on, don't you let that deal go down. John Hawk fucking killed it today for us. And of course, the brand new cast is produced by Mr. Richard Sheltinga. So until the next time, cats and kittens. Cats and kittens.